Everybody, it's Believe Sports Business, uh, Sports Media, also heard on pod clips around the world. I am Fred. You can email us at sportsfred at aol.com, 3,000 miles away as we tape at 347 on Thursday of this week. Uh, uh, September 16th is Art Source, former kicker for the Rams and the USC Trojans. And Art, of course, big story in Southern California. A couple days after USC loses to Stanford, Clay Helton gets, uh, well, he, he loses his job. I was going to say something else, but I won't. He lost his job. Any comments as a well, former I called, player? I, said he got, I called it like he got jettisoned, which was about time, Okay. All right. But the bottom line is this, Fred. It was my birthday. And I'm so glad they did it because, you know, seven years of mediocrity, it's not going to cut it at the University of Southern California. And now that UCLA is on a roll, ranked 12th in the nation, you know, Mike Bond, Carol Fold, Caruso, the head of the alumni, they need to get the Pac-12 back where it needs to be. And for that to happen, you need three dominant teams. They've got two right now, hopefully, if UCLA can continue to play well. And, and you know, they just have to find the right guy. Now, the key is, who's that right guy going to be, Fred? Well, there's a lot of names mentioned. Bob Stoops' name is mentioned uh, in a lot of the articles. I would love to see Bob Stoops, Bob Stoops do it. I mean, he is an ex-national championship coach back in 2000. Um, I know he wants to get back into coaching where he wouldn't have taken that spring football league opportunity with the Dallas franchise last year. I'll tell you, there's a couple of people that I think would be great for the tradition of SC – uh, number one, Jack Del Rio, defensive coordinator for the Washington football team. He comes to mind. He brings a lot of cachet. He's had a couple of great teams in the NFL over his his coaching career. Right. And, you know, they do have the ability to recruit nationally. If they really want to make this commitment, you know, Pete, Pete Carroll wasn't their first choice back in 2003 either. You know that, Fred. I know that. But let me just throw you something. Stanford played a horrible game in game one. They lose 24 to 7. I predict Stanford will win eight or nine games this year, meaning the Cardinal, not bad, very well coached, and you saw their offense against USC last week. So, what if Stanford wins eight, nine, ten games? Uh, it's not as if, uh, see, what, what I'm saying is if they had won game one, I'm not sure uh, that, uh, that, uh, Clay Helton would have been fired uh, since Stanford lost game one and were major favorites yep. going in. I think that helped uh, the push to get rid of him, I, and I think that might have been a mistake from that aspect. You know, the one thing about Stanford over the years, Fred, you know, even before they had this great push with Harbaugh and, and with uh, with Coach Shaw, right. the last couple of years they've been terrible, but there's been a lot of other factors involved in that. They always recruit great kids, smart kids, but sometimes you wonder if they're not worried about, you know, what's going on in uh, in, uh, in algebra three or trig or in their in their major studies because over the years they've played great games and then followed it up with a dud. And I see where you're coming from. They've got a really great ball club. Their quarterback went on a two-year mission. He came back. He played one of the best games I've seen in a long time. So I mean, yeah, I see your point. But the bottom line is, Clay Helton is a great guy. He's a wonderful man. He made $25 million over the last six years. SC got away with murder. They didn't have to pay big money for a college football coach. And, and actually, the program's in good position. Dante Williams is a fabulous recruiter. And whoever they do pick, I sure hope they keep him. 
because the players all from every part of the roster just talk about what a great person he is. And hopefully the new coach will be able to have four or five years, and then they make that transition and give the job to Dante Williams. All right, let me throw you something. Let's say the, they win out. They're not going to win out, but let's say they win nine or ten <laughs> games this year under Dante Williams, the first African-American coach at uh, USC. With what we're going through in 2021, with all the politics involved in this, could he save his job? Could he keep the job if they go out and win 9, 10, 11 games? Everything that I've heard from the from the hierarchy is he's going to have a job no matter what. That's going to be a caveat to whoever the new coach is going to be because they love his ability to do what he does. Now, I say if he runs the table with that schedule, they ought to erect a statue outside the Coliseum <laughs> to remind me of Sean McKay. <laughs> because... That would be one of the great, I mean, seriously, that would put them in the CFP and, uh, you know, even with one loss to Stanford, especially if Stanford goes on and has the year you're talking about winning eight or nine games. I mean, yeah. Hey, you know what's great about this world? You never know, Fred. (laughs) All right, so USC's on the road at uh, Washington State this weekend. And Nick uh, Rolovich, uh, the uh, coach, second-year coach now of the Cougars, refuses to be vaccinated. Now, all the kids are vaccinated. And all the uh, people around uh, the uh, school vaccinated. But he's not vaccinated. Any comments? Well, you know, that's a, again, Fred, we've discussed this ad, ad nauseum over the last uh, year and a half. Part of me says, you know, if you're going to be around those kids and you're going to be making the kind of money he's making in the Pac-12 as a head football coach, take the jab, do the right thing. And another part of me says, you know, who's to tell you what to do? Maybe he has a religious situation. You know, maybe he has a medical condition we're not aware of. I don't have all the facts. I mean, if I, if I knew that he was healthy, I would say you have a 13, 13 times better chance of surviving with the, the, uh, the vaccine. That's about as far as I can go on that one. But you know what? They keep asking him if he's got a religious or a medical reason. He won't respond. So I think it's on him. And I'm going to tell you something. If I'm a parent of one of these kids or I'm an assistant coach, I guess I'm an assistant coach is different because I guess, you know, if you don't want to make $700,000, you could leave the job. But if if I'm a player and I'm going to school up there, and this guy's talking to me all the time. I don't know if he's wearing a mask or not. And he's not jabbed. And I was jabbed. I would, if I'm a parent, I'd be very afraid. Oh, that's that's a, a viable point, Fred. And you know, this is what this is what's going on in our in our country. I mean, you know, I, the part of it that really intrigues me is how a lot of minorities, you know, I mean, you would think that they would want to be protected, but because of what's happened over the years them being forced into taking some, you know, different vaccines and bad things happening, a lot of people feel really trepidatious about taking the jab. And, you know, I do know this. They, they made a survey of people who have taken the jab and who haven't. And most of the people who are college graduates who have done the research have taken the jab. So, I mean, I, I wonder if there isn't some sort of a situation where there's people who don't have the, the access to the information, whether it's the Internet, whether it's the lack of newspapers anymore. But there's a real big problem in terms of, and I don't think, I don't think Kamala Harris did anybody any good or Joe Biden by saying, well, if it's the Trump vaccine, I'm never going to take it. You know, and <laughs> I remember when they both said that, and I'm like, wait a minute, 
Trump isn't in the Pfizer headquarters or Johnson and Johnson or Moderna. I mean, he has nothing to do with it. All he's trying to do is fast track this thing, you know. But when they made that comment, they kind of stepped in horseshit, in my opinion, honestly. See, the problem was, since every time he moves his lips, he lies. Uh, anything and, he and says is not to be. Tr- I'm not arguing that, but what, I'm not arguing that. But what I'm saying to you is that uh, he fact-tracked it and and this and that, and uh, uh, it. it, it he didn't take it in front of public, so I don't even know if he's ever taken it. You know, now I think people are saying he did, but it was in private. My point is, since he's so untrustworthy, I think you could see the reason for not just Biden well, or Kamala Fred? saying it, for, for people like Fred saying it. Behind his back, Fred, and calling China and telling him, oh, we're not going to attack. Don't worry about anything. What kind of horse shit is that just between me and you? No, listen, I, you know that I... I I don't like the present president, and I despise the previous president. I'm just telling you, there's no leadership in in all of Washington. And in this country right now, there's a massive dearth of leadership. There's no transparency. You can't believe anything you read unless you really get 15 different sides of it. You have to read, you know, the Washington Post. You have to read the New York Post. You have to read the, you know, the the, the far-left L.A. Times. You know, which they're telling me what a great man Governor Newsom is. Yeah, he's a great man. He's never talked about the issues that are confronting California. What about the homeless in California? What about the fires? What about getting the, you know, the forest ready to go? I mean, come on, man. It, it's, it's just so bad on both sides of the aisle, Fred. Come on, man. Hey, folks, you're listening to Believe Sports Biz Sports Media. Heard on pod clips around the world. All the apps and uh We'd love uh, your appearance uh, by emailing us at sportsfred at AO.com, sportsfred at AO.com. All right, it's almost 4 o'clock Pacific time right now in about an hour and 25 minutes. So we're going to have kickoff on uh, the NFL Network, not on NBC, on the NFL Network of uh, uh, Washington at home against the New York Giants, the Washington football team. They're a slight favorite. You know, let me just say this uh, before uh, – I saw Heineke actually play at Old Dominion maybe a decade ago. Okay, I saw him play one game or two games. And I said to myself at that point, this this kid can play. And then he sort of disappeared. Then last year, when he got his shot, he played well. I think he's going to dominate the uh, New York defense. Just a thought. Washington's a slight favorite. Who do you like? I like I like Washington to win the game 31-14 to 14 or 27-14. to 14. I'm a Heineke fan. He's had the tutelage of Norv Turner, who's you know always been able to work with quarterbacks when he was down in Carolina. Norv says the kid's for real. His playoff game last year against Tampa Bay was superb. Um, you know, I think Washington's got a great front four. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Dave Gettleman or the New York Giants. Um, the sad part is, you know, well, the good part is if they do play Saquon Barkley tonight, he'll be playing on natural turf which is what everybody should be playing on. I mean, the, the turf that they have in Giant Stadium, they should rip that field out and start all over again. Too many guys. It's like the old Philadelphia Veterans Stadium. Too many people have lost their careers playing on that field because it's just so slick. Is it, The reason people, uh, some use the fake grass, just monetary? It has to be, Fred, because, I mean, the bottom line is, you know, with modern technology now, you can grow anything indoors, outdoors. You can bring trays of grass in. I mean, what does it cost to go to a turf farm and, and bring a field in 
two or three times a year. It can't be as expensive as it is to lay $2 million of, of poly turf, astro turf, tartan turf, whatever turf it is. And I mean, you know, Joe Don Looney of the old Dallas Cowboys in the 60s said it best. Sure. I can't smoke it, I ain't playing on it. <laughs> Folks, it's Believe Sports Business, Sports Media, heard on pod clips around the world. Uh, we've got a uh, lot to talk about, uh, both the uh, art and How about and NFL ratings are up 7%. What do you think about that, Fred? Well, just, well, after last year, I think the, the excitement of the fans being in the stands, uh, maybe giving each other COVID. Uh, I'm sorry? They had one other, one other big doubleheader. CBS and NBC had a doubleheader in both windows, so that helped the ratings as well. No, ratings are up, and I thought they might be, but uh, the point is uh, we're putting people at risk uh, with full attendance yeah. uh, around the world, and uh, I don't get it, but then what do I have to say about it? You can email us at sportsfred at AO.com, sportsfred at AO.com. As we do this show, Giants about to go to defeat uh, as far as uh, the Padres are concerned, which means the Dodgers and the Giants over the last 20 games. Who's going to end up on top in the National League West uh, the other team's going to have to play still, a one-game play. Think, I, still, I, I still think with the addition of Max Scherzer, and now Tony Gonsolin had a great game the other night. You know, I, I think the, I think the Dodgers have a chance to eke this thing out. Um, but the Giants are so resilient. But it seems like it, you know it's going to come down to the last four or five games of the year, and nobody wants to be put in that position to play, even if you're hosting that wild card game, a one-game situation, Fred. That's a nightmare for any baseball man because you know on any given day we go back to, you know, the, the, the playoff between the Yankees and the Red Sox and Bucky Dent hit the three-run home run back in 1978. I mean, you can never tell what could happen in a one-game situation. All right, let me put you on the spot again. That's my job here is to put Art Source on the spot. Uh, <laughs> in April, the Dodgers had uh, Dustin May and they had Trevor Bauer. And they had their other pitchers. And, of course, they didn't have Scherzer until last month. So let's forget him for a moment. But of the pitchers that they had, would you presume that uh, Arias would be the one with 18-3 and three at this point uh, of the season? I, I have been a, a Urias fan for the last four years. I actually had my brother-in-law pick him four years ago. I saw him in spring training. I just saw the way he takes a little on, puts a little off, in, out, up and down old-fashioned Whitey Ford type of Jerry Kuzman pitcher, and, and I think it's marvelous. And I got to tell you, the kid the kid just does – takes the ball every fourth or fifth day. I mean, I will tell you this. Right now, Max Scherzer is my, my NL Cy Young Award winner. I wouldn't know right now. I don't have the Cy Young vote, but I, I honestly, I, it would be splits. And again, since you've got three Dodger pitchers in the running – would they not possibly split the vote? No, because you get a lot of people back east that love Max Scherzer, in and around the Washington area. You know, the Mid East, the New York, the Eastern Division fans. They've watched his career over the last ten years since he came from Detroit. He's been dominant. I mean, what does he have? If I'm not mistaken, he already has three Cy Youngs, right? Yeah, and uh, he almost had a perfect game uh, last time out. All right. I mean, yeah, he was like. I mean, he's not a young kid either. 37. in tip-top shape. I, I think he's been a great addition to the Dodgers clubhouse. They seem to, to kind of like, you know, that gives them two really incredible stoppers at the top of the lineup. And then you have 
Urias, and you have Clayton Kershaw who's coming back. So the Dodgers are loaded. They're looking good. They just need to win, I want to say, 14 of their last 18, and they're in. All right, let me uh, throw you something here that really upset me last week. I'm not a Notre Dame fan, but I like watching them play football because usually they're fun. We know there's fans there all the time. Last Saturday, uh, Comcast NBC did not put Notre Dame on regular TV. They only put the Irish on the Peacock Network against Toledo, and they're trying to get people to join Peacock. And the only way to do that, they presume, is to uh, lock people in uh, for the Notre Dame games, and they'll know about Peacock. The problem is... A whole slew of people uh, might not have an iPhone. A whole slew of people may not even know how to stream. And a whole slew of people may not know how to stream from your iPhone to your television set. I think it was unfair. I think it's outrageous. And, and again, if I'm Notre Dame and I'm, I'm making millions, of course, from the TV, I guess I can't say much. I might say something. I, I might say that uh, I don't well, think Fred, that's right. If you don't want to put them on the network, you have the NBC Sports Networks. Yeah. You have you have USA Network. You have all kinds of places that lie within the, the you know the the NBC family. Here's what bothers me: they sold me on this NBC Gold program. All right. Right. And now, now I'm paying NBC Gold, and then they're coming at me and saying that I don't get Peacock, and I'm like, well, then why did you sell me something that that I don't need? You know that that I'd rather have Peacock. Well, you know, we weren't planning on you know. This. It's all a bunch of crap, man. It is such a, a push for money and greed. I mean, it, it, it's a certain point in time, Fred, and we go over this cable television deal all the time. I want to have a plan where I can go and pick the programs that I want and the, and the stations that I want. I don't need a 1,000 programs that I'll never tune into. I need 25 TV stations, of which probably 14 or 15 are sports. And I really don't care about the rest of it. You know, my wife likes her cooking shows. I have fun watching those. But, you know, a la carte television. Let's go, guys. I pay 300 bucks a month to have everything. And I feel like I'm getting ripped off. You are. And as we go into this weekend, Pac-12 still not on DirecTV. I really thought that three months ago when they made the uh, uh, commissioner change, we might see some movement from DirecTV and the Pac-12. But DirecTV may be going out of business. Who knows? They're trying pushing everybody to DirecTV stream. They don't want to have to have to send people out to fix your uh, equipment. Uh, th- that way, they, they won't have to worry about it. So I'm not sure if the Pac-12 is going to join the DirecTV or not. But I certainly would like to watch uh, UCLA and USC in the hey, games that are on. Me. I mean, I'm in a situation back here in Pennsylvania where I have no access to any Pac-12 network game. And I was willing to pay five ninety nine to watch San Jose State and USC. Yep. I went on the Pac-12 network. You know, I said, hey, why can't I pick a game and give you $5.99 and watch any game I want to see? They don't even have that, that ability to do that. That's what really blew my mind. And Klyavikov, or whatever his name is, the new commissioner, he needs to address that post-haze. That's huge. That is absolutely huge because you can't compete on a level field with the SEC, Big Ten, and ACC unless you have the ability to draw eyeballs and kids to watch your programs. 
All right, final comment uh, for this week, Art Source, on Believe Sports Biz Sports Media on Podcliff. Give me a final comment. I got to tell you, I was so impressed with a guy by the name of Max Crosby last week playing for the Raiders in Monday Night Football against the Ravens. Um, he was really something special. And, you know, I look around the NFL right now, and I got to tell you, for the first time in a long time, this baby's wide open. There's 8 to 10 to 12 teams that, given the right circumstances, can be, can, can be heading for the Super Bowl. And it's just a matter of, you know, who, who gets through the season injury-free and, uh, you know, who, who gets the breaks here and there. But I tell you, Stafford was impressive and the Rams were impressive. A lot of good teams out there. Arizona impressed me. But I'm real excited about this time of, of, of the season, you know, with Major League Baseball, pennant races, the playoffs starting, college football, pro football. You know, we got the Ryder Cup coming up. It's going to be great for sports fans, and I'm looking forward to it. And, folks, COVID does exist. Art, thank you. We'll see you next week right here on Believe Sports Love Business. Sports Minute. Bye, everybody. Thank you, Scott, very much for putting the show together because I'm incompetent that I can't even put a podcast together. Thanks, Scott, again very much. Bye, everybody.